It's interesting because what I wanted to talk about for these few minutes has to do with young people and the uh, impact that we need to have. Because as you know, as we're reading information, as we see statistics and statistics and things that are happening, uh, it seems that this, we're having issues about young people uh, leaving the church. I appreciate some of the work that uh, Michael Kruger has done in his new book on uh, you know, surviving religion 101, I think it's a really, really great tool. But at the root of that is what do what are we transmitting in our walk with God? And I love Proverbs chapter four because what we see happening there is Solomon doing a kind of an autobiographical sketch because he's recalling the words that his father David said to him. And if you recall the mess of Solomon's life, it's not pretty at all. And and yet, through this, David is giving this urging to seek wisdom, to pursue wisdom, everything you have, you know, acquire that wisdom. And then after, at the end of that section, then you have this section in chapter 4, verses 20 to 27, where at the centerpiece of those chiastic remarks is guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Everything you have flows from your heart. And I can't help but look at Solomon looking back on the nation's history. And how has Israel pursued the heart of God? And how has their heart been impacted? When we look at chapter four, 6 in Deuteronomy, again, I'm just going to be talking about familiar passages. Sometimes familiar passages are a... Uh, problem for us because they get so familiar we don't let them impact us but love the lord your god with all of your heart with all your soul with all your strength these commandments that i give you today are to be upon your hearts and i think the niv niv has some issues obviously but i think niv has this one well impress them on your children these things are to be bound up in your heart there's an excitement a reality of knowing god and this is what is to flow out into the lives of your children and talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Solomon picks up on this in Proverbs chapter 6 and basically repeats this order. So if we look at this command in Deuteronomy 6, then we can ask the question, what happened? And then you look at, again, the connecting passage in Judges chapter 2, and it says, after Joshua and the elders with him passed and went, went went to heaven, there arose in Israel a nation which knew not the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. There, they knew data about God. The shocking thing about reading the book of Judges is how often God is referenced. They talk about God all the time, but it's on their own terms. You know, I'm, I'm going to get my own priest. Surely God will bless me now. And that sort of convoluted thinking is data about God but not having our hearts won by God. So as we see judges play out, we starting from this rather grim opening, there arose in Israel a nation which knew not the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. They had lost the content of the heart and they followed just the data. It was data transmission, not heart, not heart-to-heart transmissions. Judges ends with these words, again, familiar words, you know, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did what was right in, his, in their own eyes. 
And when we are not gripped in the heart by the word of God in the way that Moses was, in the way that Solomon is urging us to do that, we are going to go our own way. We're going to do what is right in our own eyes. We're going to set up our own little mini kingdoms and embrace those things. And our children, our teenagers, they see very clearly where our hearts are. Are we about form? God despised the form. You know, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 29 in, in Mark's gospel. says, you guys are just about form, just about rote. So this, this heart-to-heart transmission here is to result not in everybody doing what was right in their own eyes, but as Moses sums up Deuteronomy with, these are not just idle words for you. These words are your life. If we're going to successfully be about raising up the next generation where their hearts are impacted, these words have got to be our life. We've got to be able to follow what Paul is urging Timothy to do, is to take hold of life that is truly life, which means there's life that is masquerading as life. And as Christians, as people who are involved with young people, we can't hide the nature of our hearts from our young people. One of the scary things in the scripture that we learn is that each of our children are born with hypocrisy checkers built in. And it's not the minimum level hypocrisy checker, it's the high level hypocrisy checker. And it's fully functioning from day one. They can sort us out really quickly. It's not about us being perfect. It's not about us getting it right. It's about us having our hearts attuned to the nature of God. I love what Del Ralph Davis says when discussing David's sin, and he comes before God cleanly. He doesn't hide. He said, against you and you only have I sinned. Even when in confessing his sin, David is has his heart attuned to God, doesn't make excuses. He knows that he needs that work of God. So Solomon is telling us to guard our hearts. He's looking back on the nation of Israel. He's looking back on the history that's occurred. He's seen the back and forth, the waverings of the people. And he's telling telling us to guard our hearts. He's making an observation of the first 500 years of the actual formal nation of Israel. And I think that we would do well to take up Solomon's admonition, to guard our hearts, to have hearts that are connected to God, that are honest with God, that hearts that are repentant hearts, hearts that don't try and hide things from our children, not try and hide the fact that we struggle just like, just like they do. Have hearts that have a genuine pursuit for the very basics of the Christian life. And by that I mean, if we would embrace the qualities of love we see in 1 Corinthians 13, if we would embrace the uh, fruit of the Spirit and all of its aspects, it would turn our lives upside down. My, my wife, Ruth, she, uh, Lord took her home in 2013. But she has some things on Christian education, which I hope to get out at some point. But her, she states pretty clearly that if we're not pursuing the fruit of the Spirit, it is impossible to be logical. And that sounds counterintuitive to us, but it's true. 
we don't, if we're not pursuing the Spirit's fruit, if we're not pursuing the heart, God, God's heart for our heart, then we're going to fall into the trap of the technological mandate, which is where our kids are. Technological mandate asks only, can we, not should we? God calls us to ask, should we? And to ask that with integrity, we have to guard our hearts. I could probably talk you know, a long time about this, but you all will go to sleep. But I, I would just leave you with that. And I'm thankful for this opportunity. Pursue the matters of the heart, the things that Stephen was talking about. And that honesty before God, because there's no hiding with God. It's one of the beautiful things of Psalm 139. We cannot hide before him. He knows what we're thinking. We, we, you know, I might be able to fool all of you because you don't know me that well. And so I'm just sitting here on the other side of the Zoom screen. But I'm not fooling God for a second. He knows the nature of my heart. And knowing the nature of my heart sent Christ to die for me. We've got to be gripped by that and have that honesty and integrity of heart. That is what we can transmit to our children and to the next generation. And the true praise of God, God rescuing us from our mess and us being dependent upon him. And as I look around, you know, I've been seeing this, this, um, this life story going on for, you know, for a while. You know, I just, just turned 75 this week. And it's, um, the heart has got to be where we're about. 